0: Hello, and welcome to the Success Secret Podcast with your host, San Taef. I am excited to introduce you to a series of conversations with some of the most successful and inspiring individuals from various industries. My aim is to dive into the stories behind their success and explore the knowledge, strategies, habits, mindsets, and wisdom that have propelled their success. Each episode of the Success A Great podcast will feature a different guest who will share their unique journey, the challenges they faced, and the lessons they have learned along the way. I will also be covering topics from entrepreneurship and innovation to leadership and personal development. Whether you are an inspiring entrepreneur, a seasoned business professional, or just someone looking to improve your life, the Success A Great podcast is for you. My goal is to bring you valuable insights and inspiration that will help you achieve your own success in business and life. So get ready to learn and be inspired. The Success Secret podcast starts now. In this episode, I have with me Stephanie Figar. She is of Empower PR group. She is passionate about empowering nonfiction writers, authors, and entrepreneurs with laser-focused marketing strategies and tactics to help them write books that sell, promote their books to those who need and want them most, and build a meaningful business from a message that is empowering. So Stephanie, welcome to the Success Cigarette podcast.
1: Thank you so much. I'm excited to be here and excited to talk to you about all things okay. success.
0: Awesome. <laughs> Seems to me that you are a big fan of the world in power. So <laughs> I
1: am. I am. You know why? Uh, I've, I, what I love about the word empower is multiple levels, multiple layers. Um, one is the power part of empower is based off of, um, a background when a friend of mine and I were used to work together and people would say, when the two of us came together, um, anything could happen and we, they called us the power twins. So it's almost, almost like an ode to her, but empower, what I love about it is it's not really about, um, me having the power. It's about ensuring that other people have the knowledge, the skill set, the tools at their fingertips to be able to make decisions for themselves and decisions that will help them achieve their success. So yes, the word empower is a big deal over here. Uh, and the, another word that's a big deal over here is impact. And we spell impact funny. We spell it with the E M instead of an I M because we believe here in the same vein as empower that We like to help people make an impact and not the kind of impact like you're having a car wreck kind of impact or a rock goes through a window kind of impact. It's an empowered impact, like a ripple in water.
0: Yeah. that's awesome. That's the expense, because like you mentioned having impact on people, but eventually you have, you want the same person who's you are speaking with helping or coaching or whatever it is that you do. They want them to things to come from within inside because success does not happen just like I guess by accident. So no your people. personal definition, what success is, and you don't personally agree with other people about the definition of what success is.
1: Yeah. So I, you know, I had for a long time, um, the outward success of what people would say success was. I uh, I had a, a a lovely job with a lovely title and um, a lovely pay range and pay grade. And it all seemed like that was what you would strive to have. And yet on the inside, I had I had become quite miserable. Uh, I started to go, I remember telling my husband, I'm like, if this is what like being successful in a career is, I don't know that I want it. Like this is not. This is not, nobody tells you this part of it. You know, I had the, the three kids in the house. I had all all the stuff outside that looked right, but inside something was not. And what I started to, to do, and it was actually through my writing, um, became a catharsis for me to start to process, um, what really is success. And I think the world tells us that success is how much money you make, the two and a half kids that you have with a dog and a picket fence, right? Like that those things are successful. And yet um, I could tell that I wasn't happy. And I thought happiness is is really important to me. But then I, I was also impacted by a corporate layoff not long after this. So mm-hmm. i had been working for an organization for over a, de- over a decade, pouring every part of me, I mean, into it. I mean, there, it literally was my life. And I, uh, you know, at the, at a snap, our department was, was depleted. And I looked back and I thought this thing, I thought that was successful or was success. I had actually connected myself to it. Like I didn't know the me outside of it. And, and I remember, uh, I had, I had, just lost my job, and I was sitting around a group of um, kind of high professional kind of figures in the area. We were, we're doing a um, a speaking cohort for a speaking business, and everyone's going around the room and they're saying, "Hi, my name is so and so." And right afterwards, they're acknowledging their titles, and it gets to me, and I'm like, "Hey, I'm Stephanie." I have nothing like, you know, I've lost my job. I don't have, I'm the former, you know, with the title. And it's really, it really pushed me on a journey that and alongside of writing for me to realize that for true success is all about finding perspective and redefining your moments and allowing your hardships to um, become fertilizer, to propel you forward. Like success isn't the end, it's the middle Right, it's this journey to get there, and what fun is trying to get to the end if the if the journey isn't isn't fun or isn't rewarding or valuable? So I started to kind of um, break what felt like a really big, overwhelming life goal. Right, like success feels big and overwhelming into moments, like small moments. It's like, well, what can we do at this moment? And and in that process, I started to realize that for me. Real success is living out this passion, this charge, this calling that we have, and the rest of it will come. Like if you, if you're being driven by, um, by what you're supposed to be doing, the rest of it will come. You will find ways to pay your bills. You will be able to accomplish things you want to do, but you are living kind of a life of value and a life of perspective. Mm -hmm. Um, and that has felt like a lot more healthy and happy success than I ever had before.
0: Yeah, because that seems like a lot of us, like you mentioned, you had, you had your job, but for some reason you were laid off. Yeah. And the whole department also, was
1: they they laid off 600 people.
0: It was well, crazy. Well, that, yes. That's a, a lot of number of people at the same time. So, But that happens. Uh, I know, I know yes. how that happens. Yeah, but at the same time, you mentioned here t- talking about basically passion and how you someone would figure out for themselves and having passion will actually achieve to success. And thinking of success as moments or by days, it's not like the goal because eventually if you think of certain revenue amount for your business as a success, eventually when you reach, if you did not reach that goal, some people will give up and will quit. And other people... If the ones that are thinking in a good in a positive way will think, yeah, I want more than that. So it's like you mentioned, it's like a, a pinpoints we from one yeah. point to other, we jump from one point to another. So success is not really something and done. It's it's a progress right. of things, like progress of our business, progress of our lives, and of course you uh, along this journey you need you will need some help with from other yeah. people. So it's it go both ways, right?
1: Yeah. And it's also not a one size fits all, right? So every success for everybody is different. I like to encourage people though, to evaluate success, um, not in the metrics that the rest of the world tells us. And you, you just hit on something, um, which actually is quite poignant, even though I have uncovered this, I continue to have to remind myself. So like I have monthly benchmarks. And the other day I was telling my husband about it and he goes, Whoa, whoa, whoa. Like just take a step back and see what have you done. And the crazy part about it, if if that is a success metric, you know, um, you know, you, like the first month of this year, my business was more effective than it was the entire first year of my business. Okay. In one month, what I took 12, over 12 months to do. And my husband was like, do you really, like, do you see that? And I said, yeah, but at the end of the day, like success to me is about the, what I get to, what we get to do right? If you get hung up on, um, how many social media, how many social media likes you have, or how many views you get, like it becomes a warped sense of what success is. It's, it's, That is, that actually never quantifies or qualifies it. Instead, if you focus on like the value, the one, the people you serve, the the people you help, the things you get to do, the number of books you get to create, or the stories you get to share, or the people you meet, all those things, that's a different type of success. And, and it will, um, it will provide you greater greater comfort. And it will also be a guiding star when you look to scale a business, because there's not only one way to scale a business. In fact, about a year and a half ago, I was debating what that looked like for my own business. And uh, the world will tell me that scaling is adding team members to the table. And I don't want to do that. Like, that's not how I want to grow my business. And so I had to, again, sit back and reflect on, well, what is success? Why do I want to scale? Like what, un, get to the root of these things and like ask these hard questions because it really will uncover different things
0: for you. Mm, that's very important. So like now we're mentioning business in business. So what is the elements of success in business? Like what are the things that you should be doing in your business to start right? Let's say, I, w- I wouldn't put it that way, but let's put it that way <laughs> because there no. are multiple pres- uh, things and angles into a business things might be right for our one maybe things are not for the other businesses but in yeah. general what do you think the elements of a successful business and uh, taking that business from uh, taking it to a success story and growing that?
1: yeah 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 I'm, I'm writing down notes so that i don't forget my when you just said that to my that I have. So the first thing I think successful successful businesses if you look and do like a case study on them, you will be able to um, kind of do a litmus test and notice that they have a, that they have found a solution to people's problems hands down. So I say I say always take a step back and go if you've identified a problem, that people have. How can you create a solution? People don't buy problems. They buy solutions. We have enough problems. Like, <laughs> Let's find ways to make, have less problems. So knowing that and knowing, like, so I'm coming at the, to the place of knowing that whoever, if anybody listening today or listening later, you know, you've, you've identified a, a solution to a problem that you see of people around you and you you know, a solution that, that you need to share the next step to identify kind of those success metrics for me has been, um, to ask myself how, when will I feel successful with at this? What is it? And, and some like in early, my business was like, well, the number of authors that I help. And I thought, well, is that? And so I kept kind of, again, it's these why questions. And, and actually this year when I was doing my business planning, I really pushed myself and I came back and I said, okay, so I know that success is XYZ. And and it may be a financial number and that's okay right mm-hmm. so then i took a step back and i said okay so how do we accomplish that and and it's not just well let's create a plan to make it happen i actually want to identify what are the kpis that i can control what is and that's actually at the cornerstone of perspective is all about what is within your control can you really control how much money your business makes like really i mean maybe but most people the answer is no i mean you can't control if a client says yes or no, really, right? So what are the things that you can do that you can control? For instance, for, uh, you know, so so I'm a big believer in inbound marketing. It's a strategy that draws people to you and attracts and repels the right and the wrong people versus doing any form of like paid advertising or whatever. So I can't control how many people are coming, but I can control what content I'm putting out. So a part of my um, plan could be the number of blogs I create, the number of podcasts that I produce, et cetera. Um, I can't control um, how many stages that I get on. I can control how many pitches I do. So when you think about your goals, where you want to go. I always like to say, all right, so you want to make X number of dollars. What do you need to get there? Well, how many clients is that? Break that down. Okay. So then break that down and go, all right, well, how do I reach my clients? And sometimes it's, okay, I can control what my offers look like. I can control my, you know, focus on the things within your span of control. And I think what when I lost my job and when I was really kind of shaken, um after, you know, 10 plus years there and 15 years in corporate, uh I realized There's the only thing you can control is you and your actions. And so when you look at your own success, the difference between um, just any business and a successful business or any author and a successful author or any book and a successful book is the consistency to which the person shows up the work that they are willing to put in the, um, the, the actions that they are willing to take. I can't control that anybody buy. I can't strong arm someone to buy a book of mine, but I can do things to ensure that the right people hear about my book. Does that make sense? Yeah. <laughs> Welcome like, to my brain.
0: <laughs> so so there is a lot of things there. So first of all, you mentioned yeah. finding a problem, whether it's a online business, whether it's a service, whether you are like you're doing helping authors and writing certain type of types of books, non-fiction. So how do you, like, for example, <clears throat> do the first thing, like, which is finding the problem, which is usually people don't want to buy this book or don't want to buy this course. They want actually, like you mentioned, they want the end result of that. They want to have not only the solution, they want to have the resolution. Like, it's like yeah. they want to jump 10 steps ahead, right? So how right. do you find this problem starting from that? Do you like, for example, go out? And do a survey, for example, asking some customers if you have one. If someone does not have a business yet and they want to start a business, where should they start And by finding this type of problem? What do you think it is, do you think?
1: So I have a thing I call the authorpreneur equation, but really it's um, relevant to any business. It just so happens I look at things through the lens of um, supporting authors and books. But our, the authorpreneur equation comes down to this. Um, your reader has a need or your client has a need. You have a skill set, and that plus that creates a marketable solution. So, when you're thinking about, I want to create a business, or my business isn't running how I want it to, or whatever, I want to dissect those three pieces. So it always starts with understanding a need that people have. And there's a difference between a want and a need. Everybody's carrying around like two buckets of how they look at their money. The the bucket of needs is something that it's a non-negotiable. Of course I need to purchase that. I'm going to buy it immediately. I'm going to do it right now. Why, I wouldn't even think about it. Of you know, I need the I need toothpaste. So like why would I question it? Like I need to go on vacation. I need a book, whatever, okay? But the bucket of wants is where I tell authors and business owners you don't want to live in that world because a want is a, it's a beach read. It's a, Oh, well, one day I'll visit Greece or one day I'll do this. You don't want that because that is not Um, that is not a sustainable business people, um, immediately when they look, it's kind of like the basic needs of shelter and clothing and whatever, right. People have basic needs and they are willing to invest their money there. So knowing the needs of people that you could serve is pivotal. And then when you pair that with your expertise, what is it that you bring to the table? And sometimes that's really hard to articulate because as people, we think we overlook what we're really great at and we don't realize how great we are. Right. Like we might go, well, anybody could do that, but they can't, they can't. So, or if they could, they wouldn't be buying it. Right. Like, so when you pair that together, that's where this marketable solution comes out. Sometimes that equation is not as, as linear as a normal addition. Sometimes there's, you're solving for X like an algebra. Um, and what I have identified is the best way to solve it is to, is to listen. Uh, And that was a lot from my own experience. When I published my first book, it was right after I was impacted by this corporate layoff of 15 plus years working in marketing, PR and communications. My book had nothing to do with that. It had to do with perspective and finding balance and redefining success. And Uh, yet all these authors started coming out of the woodworks and asking, how do I market my book? And I'm like, well, it's easy. And they're like, it's not. And that was when I didn't even begin to, um, create the empower PR group because I thought I'm going to do this. It came out of understanding and need, and then it's continued to evolve. Like I always, it's what I love about like this redefining success. I don't really have a, a 20 year plan. Uh, every quarter I evaluate the business and I look at, I go, I'm listening so what are the people that I get to serve and I get to support? What are their needs? What are the things, what are their problems? What are the things that they're struggling with? And that helps me identify um, marketable solutions. Is it a new offer? Is it a new book? Is it a an on-demand offer or a workshop? You know, is it a, a consulting effort, et cetera? So I do a lot of listening. Your clients will tell you loud and clear if you're willing to listen to it.
0: Yeah, exactly, because sometimes things go, you have to really listen to know the response, I guess, in general in, in every aspect of life, whether it's client, whether it's spouse, whether whoever it is that you, you have to do that. So, like, now you're a big fan of inbound marketing, as you mentioned, right? So, what are the best marketing? We know that there's a lot of things or places or ways a business can uh, promote themselves or an author that can promote themselves, but what in your opinion, the best marketing strategies that you should begin with and grow from from it?
1: Sure. So marketing in and of itself has a really bad reputation. And I think it's because either A, you're immobilized from it. You don't even know where to start and it overwhelms you. Or B, you have dealt with what I like to call icky marketing. And that is when you get those spammy messages in your inbox and you're like, like what, why are they doing this? And so when I I like to talk about um, marketing as authentic marketing. And when we think about things as authentic marketing, we are breaking apart marketing, not as something where we're going to be icky, where we're going after people and we're attacking them. And we're like trying to persuade them. Instead, we have a value. We have something to give and we are ensuring that just people know, we make sure that the people who need to know about it, know about it. And so the type of marketing I believe in is really authentic and genuine and value focused. And that's why I like inbound marketing versus outbound marketing. I don't want to do Facebook ads and say, buy my book. Did you buy my book? Hello, buy my book. It's the holidays. Buy my book. That to me falls flat. I People aren't buying those books. But instead, when you share, when you give, when you find where your target readers or clients go to for trusted information and you are sharing value there, people perk up and they go, who is that person? That person's really interesting. Then at that point, they're gonna hop to your space. And there's kind of three steps that I think are strong marketing approaches. Um, The first is to make sure you have a strong platform. And in the author space, we call it an author platform, but in business, it would be any form of your platform. And we live in such a digital world. That means that we, you need to see how you're showing up online. People are going to go, you know, anybody today might Google Stephanie Feger. Occasionally once a quarter, I go and Google me too. And I'm like, what's showing up? Like, do I like that? Is it in alignment with my brand? Is there something missing? And so really, I and the reason how I show up is based on my content. I don't do any form of like SEO paying personally. I don't, I just do it based on content. And if you understand how your readers or clients are searching. What are they searching for? You can start writing and creating content that answers it. So that's the essence of inbound marketing. One of my favorite books is um, a marketing book by an author called named Marcus Sheridan. The book is called "They Ask You Answer," and it's a beautifully written book around inbound marketing. And it's the cornerstone is what are your, your what are your target clients asking, and you need to start answering it. Don't get all crazy. Doesn't have to be all fun and like fluffy. Literally. You know, how do I market a book? Stephanie needs to answer that. And you share it by doing blogs and video and social content and et cetera um, in a very integrated way. Um, and, I, and your author platform for me, or just any platform, also should very easily articulate what this, like the journey you want them to go through someone to go through. Don't make it hard for people to, if, if they get to your website, don't make it hard for them to find out what it costs to work with you or what your services are, or what products you have. Um, don't hide your price points. Like that immediately breaks trust. Like put it on there. Don't hide it. You're proud of it. You're worth more anyways. Right? Like, so make sure you share that. And then the next step is where you have, um, you, you do work with your, um, connections, the people you are currently connected with, you know, where I believe most businesses, especially in the author space is just like a couple degrees away from the people that really need their messages. And so how can you build strategic partnerships? How can you leverage um, your social media engagement? How can you continue to create content that ensures that you're going in the right places and your connections can become a street army of promoting the work that you do to other people? And then the last one is visibility. And I'm a, I'm a believer there of identifying where do you go and how can you be show up at places where um, your target, your target readers or clients are, is that guest podcasts? Is it live streams? Is it speaking engagements? Is it reading clubs? What is it? I, it? you know, is it networking groups? Is it local? Is it, you know, with the, the local chamber? I don't know what it is. Only you will know what it is based on what you're, who you're trying to reach. So if you go about things that, that approach, then you don't have to stress about, um, you know, what's my Google ad spend and how much is Amazon ads and all that stuff. And not that there's not a, place for that. It absolutely can be. But I like to see um success for my clients to go like a a curve that stays up. Mm -hmm. I'm not a big fan of the heartbeat. That gives me like heart palpitations, thinking of oh, we're gonna go up and then down. And so I find when you do outbound marketing or um that type those types of marketing efforts where you're doing any paid work many times it's it's not it's not um sustainable.
0: Yeah. So we're basically talking here for example the relationship with the audience like you are pulling people in, you are not pushing yeah. them out. It's not It's not like you are forcing the sale because eventually I don't know how these people nowadays get the sale, keep spamming me on my inbox or on Instagram or on the email. It, yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe people get bored for that so they could go check out the offer and buy. I don't know maybe uh, how, how it is. I but can't about- figure
1: it out either because every day, like today, it I actually got five emails yeah. from the same person and I'm like, I didn't reply to any of them. Like, why are you email? It's, it's icky, people. Yeah. Back in the day, like a couple of years ago, it wasn't as icky because people weren't doing that as relevant as as frequently. But now it's icky, so it's okay to do email marketing. Like I'm a believer in relationship marketing too, right? When when someone does come in, how can you keep them engaged um, into kind of your offerings and what you bring to the table? But always lead with value. Like mm-hmm. always lead with give. Lead with giving. You never know somebody who might be is, who might be lurking and watching. I did um a workshop a couple of weeks ago. And many of the people who showed up on that workshop were people who've been watching and they haven't invested in services I've done before, but that was the right one, right? Mm-hmm. So it's okay. Keep them engaged and nurture, but don't be achy.
0: Sometimes certain people might not be ready, for example, to buy from, from you now. They might be ready like in six months, a year from now. It's not like they have to buy it now. And they want like this kind of fear of missing out, is always there with, with us humans. It's if, like you don't get it now, you might never get it when it's oh. actually and nowadays, with everything is going so quickly. It's actually as much as it's going quickly with revolution of uh, AI and these kinds of things, everything is already there and it's improving, and you will have something actually might be the same or even better to have in the future. So you have to think of these things and have people and providing, like you mentioned, also the value to them because they know with time that they will know you personally and you will have this kind of connection with them. And you are not trying to always sell, sell, sell. Because eventually, like I, I me personally believe now, I'm actually do believe in that now that business consists of basically three things like yeah. skill set and passion all together. And the second thing is about relationship it goes both ways who knows yeah. you yeah. and do you know and also the third is like providing value and serving people and you that yeah. da- and you do that by one of the by many things one of yeah. them is selling but you do that after you serve and add value to them
1: absolutely absolutely and you know, I, I like how you, you know, are drawing attention to all of these moving pieces and how helping kind of articulate that because we live in this world where you do feel like FOMO, like fear of missing out. And, uh, and even in marketing, I call it like the shiny new object syndrome. Oh, well, we should try that and that and that. Well, many times that is a distraction. So I have also personally, realized what I can and can't information wise consume what is it that I need to focus on so that I don't get distracted by comparisons of other businesses or other people like the the secret to success in my book is consistency and I'm not consistent when I decide oh tomorrow I want to try this tool and this tool and this tool oh my gosh I never got that done and da, 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 da. or you know it is showing up and being consistent and And the tools are really just a tool, right? Like all the social media platforms, they're just a a tool. AI and all these movies, they're just a a tool. So don't get hung up on the tools. Focus on the relationship building. I love how you said both give and take, you know, absolutely. Focus on engaging, focus on the value and serving. When you do that, that any tool will work for your benefit.
0: Yeah, that's very important. So like now, can you expand more on how you work in your business with authors, how you can promote them, how they can write books that actually sell. Because now we know that with Amazon is there, it's like easy to have a self-published book, right? But there is a huge difference between someone who's putting their books, which is, I have two books there, but they really didn't sell that much (laughs) between someone and uh, selling uh, uh, multiple copies and hundreds, maybe thousands of them and being, let's say for example on the new york best-selling uh, list by right?
1: yeah so uh really great you bring up really valid points we do live in a world where it's it's as instantaneous as if you want to write a book write it and publish it today you can do that um that is a beautiful beautiful thing and that is a horrible curse at the same time uh because because the last thing you want to do is have a book out that is not a marketable book. So there's really kind of three things. This is where I've done a lot of listening over the years, three things I think authors need, um, to, to kind of embrace if they want to be successful and empowered in their author process. The first is to ensure that they're actually writing a marketable book. So books don't sell themselves and, uh, people do, and people don't connect with books. They connect with people. So at the end Mm -hmm. of the day, People are buying books, but really they're connecting with people in the process. And however, a marketable book, if it's written well, and it's written in a, with the right kind of a purposeful lens, once it sells, it can continue to sell because you can get a street army of readers who fall in love with it and tell people about it. And so, um, the part of my business is it's threefold. The first part is to ensure that you have a marketable book. Many people overlook the fact that there's parts of your book that, um, that, that tell stories about how people can work with you that can be utilized in your business. And so you kind of want, when you're writing a book to think about the end before the beginning, how are you going to use your book? And, you know, many authors come to me and they'll say, I always say, what, what would success look like? Like, what is your why? And when someone goes, well, I want to sell so many millions and millions of copies every year. And I'm like, you might want to identify a different business strategy because, (laughs) because it's crowded in the book space, unless you have, you know, quite a popular name uh, or a lot of money to put behind it. That is not, uh, that is not unachievable, but that is not realistic success. Okay. So I'm like, let's take a step back and go, well, why did you write this Book. Are you writing it to make money? Are you writing it to make an impact? Are you writing it to spread a message? Well, if you're writing your book to spread a message, I say make sure this book is marketable, and then we need to find out how you can sell books. And is that through a um, a strategic launch event, um, strategic strategic partnerships, uh, visibility and engagement strategies. Are you looking to make an impact? Well, for for this, you know, and then I'm I'm making circles because this is a part of a framework we use. Um, but when you're looking to make an impact, really, again, it goes back. That book needs to be a marketable one. But many people. Could care less. If they want to make an impact, they actually care less about selling books. They're using this book alongside building and growing a business. Mm -hmm. And if that's the case, book sale numbers don't matter, right? It's clients, it's um, that you're serving, it's communities you're changing. But if revenue is an important part, well, you got to make sure that marketable book sells and you have a business alongside it. And that business piece is a part that I think a lot of authors don't initially embrace. They think I want to write books for a living. Mm. Well, if somebody sits down and purchases um, a $20 book, they're really, we. that's great, but we really want them to spend about eight hours of their time to read it, right? Like there's two forms of investment. And so if they spend that time to sit down and read the book, we have a warm to hot lead there. If you've written a really high quality book. So how do you use that to go to the next level? Some people will take that book and fall in love with the message and take action from it and learn and change. And others will go, this is great, but I can't do it by myself. And so I like to really help authors look at all parts of it, how the book can really be a a meaningful piece in the really overarching impact that they're looking to make. And and what are those other pieces that they haven't thought about?
0: So you mentioned the stories inside the book. So because because when we are talking about non-fiction books, do you think is a better way to engage people, right? More to have stories within the book, or just if it's a business book, for example, we should always have this kind of uh, one-two-three approach. This one, uh, that's it. Where or, or is it better to engage people with the stories even in the book?
1: You got good questions here. Uh, I don't know. I'm gonna. I'll tell you my perspective, but you have to know. I'm. I'm a quite verbose storyteller. So I'm a big believer in stories, mainly because. That's how we connect. Our whole world, our whole culture, all our whole lives—ever since the beginning of existence—has been built on layered stories. It's how we connect, and it's also how we remember. So the facts, boom, boom, boom—you can have that in your in your nonfiction books, absolutely. But don't neglect the fact that just because you're teaching a skill set, you're imparting knowledge, you're um, expressing an opportunity, don't neglect the fact that your readers need to see themselves in it. And if it's just a 200 page book of a thousand things you need to do that will leave them overwhelmed. And they'll walk away from that book Likely forgetting ninety nine percent of them, but if you use your opp- the opportunity of your message to share a story, people will walk around. Like I had an author one, or a, a reader of mine go, Stephanie, I'll never look at brownies the same. And I'm like, Oh, you read that story? I know what you're talking about, right? Because I told a story around brownies, and now when they see that. They can have a better understanding of target audience analysis. So a differentiator too, between you and what you bring to the table and anybody else that's talking about the message is your stories. So if you go, here's the 20 steps to market a book, well, anybody could do that, but only you or only me and you know can tell it through the lens of the stories that I've brought to the table. So I mean, there's definitely, um, um, you know, you want to make sure and delicate with the types of stories you share that might be a little bit different in a nonfiction business book versus memoir versus fiction or whatever, but don't neglect the story. In fact, a cousin of mine was over the other night for dinner and he was talking to me about how he struggles reading nonfiction. he's like, I just, I just really like stories. And I looked at him and I said, well, you've not found the right nonfiction. Then the best nonfiction is built on stories.
0: Yeah, that's amazing advice, actually. So uh, now from from your own perspective, what do you think are the best tools, resources, or even books like we are talking about is about like can help entrepreneurs, business owners in general, and specifically uh, authors that the people that you do help personally can uh, have as a a resource for them?
1: Okay, I, I keep them here because... They are important. Uh, my favorite one from the financial side is Profit First. Have you read this? No. <laughs> oh my gosh. I, I think everybody that wants to create a business has a business, has a failing business, has a successful business. I don't care where you are. You should read uh, Mike Michalowicz's book, Profit First. If you the, the sooner you can, the better you will position your business's financials to be as successful as possible by, um, learning how to, uh, how to grow and how to execute your business within your means. It's phenomenal. Many people immediately have a higher profit margin, even if they don't make more money or bring in more clients just by using his approach. So we love it in my business, but I even love it in my family. So we use the same process with my family. Um, the, they ask you answer book was one I was referencing earlier. I think every business owner should read this book too, mainly because it's a marketing book that is written by someone who is not a marketer. So it is written by a guy who is a in-ground pool salesman and his business was imploding. And he, uh, walks you through his approach on how to, how he kind of, re reinvigorated his business to crazy amounts of success all by answering the questions people ask. Uh, the other, this is something a book I read every year called the big leap by gay Hendricks. What I love about this book is it is, um, every year in like December, or January, I sit down and reflect on it and read it and i'm reminded as he shares that there's different zones that we live in in business there's your zone of incompetence your zone of competence your zone of excellence and your zone of genius your zone of incompetence is the things that you are doing and you should never do because you're just like me and technology it's like me putting the tv together or when the computer is i should never do it i get mad it's not good um, the zone of competence and the zone of excellence are two zones that are risky for us as business owners, because just because you can do something doesn't mean you should. So you might be really competent at doing social media, but that's not, or maybe even excellent at it, but it's not your, your zone of genius. So be aware. And that's what I love about the big leap. It's helping me. It always helps me identify are there, what are the things I'm doing that that maybe isn't what I should be doing in the zone of genius. That is where it's like golden. That is where business is the most successful. That is where you almost feel like you're not even working. You would do it for free. It is something you would do for free because it gives you so much energy. So I love that. And then the final one is the book I just wrote this past year, um, for authors make your author impact. If you are writing a book, publishing a book, wanting to build and grow a business with your book, launching it, everything in between, uh, I finally realized at the end of last year, I should probably put all of my brain into a book. So that way people that I might not have the chance to support can get some insights from it. So I think that's also a really um, amazing book for uh, for authors and aspiring authors too.
0: So Stephanie, do you think that there's something that's important I have missed asking you about that you can add here?
1: You know, I think the main thing when I look back at my own business growth and trajectory is uh, there are a couple of things I want to share. One of the things is, is that I don't think that many people talk about the journey to Uh, business success and how some days it's filled with such great joy and other days you I always say I want to move to Hawaii and change my name you know what I mean like there are days that it is so amazing and then there are days that you're like I am gonna just throw in the towel and go work for you know a corporate again um I I, that's
0: that's bad that's No, I didn't want to do that right no
1: right right but nobody people just it's um Nobody wants to talk about that part of business because it comes across then for us that we're not, we're not successful. It's, oh, well, if she's struggling, whatever, it's not that. I think we, I think we need to normalize the fact that running a business, there is nothing easy about it. In fact, it takes great courage. It is something that, um, is not meant for the weary, uh, at all or the faint hearted. It comes with, um, disappointment and amazing success and happiness. It comes with challenge, uh, and everything in between. I I never would have expected to feel so many emotions packaged into one. And so I want, you know, others to realize that if you're feeling that, if you're, if you found yourself in a drought or if you're in a spot where it's really challenging, uh, don't look at somebody else and go, man, like they've just, they've got it figured out. I mean, they may, but my business coach always says uh, behind the scenes of every business is messy behind the scenes of every person is messy. And so never, you know, take off the, the filters or the comparison and know that, Uh, I trust that you're worth it and you're worthy and don't give up because if you give up, you may have been trekking really hard up the mountain and you may have stopped right before the next step, which, which brought you to the peak. So, you know, I, I just, I think I just, it's important to me to normalize that because nothing about authorpreneurship, authorship, writing a book, running a business, anything in between is easy, but goodness, it's extremely fulfilling.
0: Yeah, exactly. You, you, if we are not growing, we are not. I guess uh, we, right. we we won't be happy or have joy if we are not. You know, if we are always watching Netflix, I guess it's <laughs> you will repeat <laughs> well, this. You will repeat the same same show over and over again. It would be the same. that would
1: be, you know. But you just said something that um that I have come to learn and that kind of full circle on our conversation today is when I was impacted by my corporate layoff. I looked back and I was like, you know, what did I learn from that? And what I realized is I had gotten really comfortable in where I was so comfortable to where I wasn't really, really willing to take a risk. I, I wasn't, my whole book was public, was ready to publish, but I just didn't take action on it. Like all these moving pieces because I was comfortable. And what I have learned now is nothing good comes from comfort. Really, yeah. except for like comfortable shoes when you go on a hike, but outside of that, <laughs> nothing, in fact, personally and professionally, we grow the most when we live in, when we find ourselves in uncomfortable situations. So I actually try to constantly push myself a little bit into the uncomfort zone because, uh, that's where I get better, where things get better, where I can help people better. And, um, so learning to embrace uncomfortable situations is, um,
0: it's kind of joyous. Yeah. Yeah. We, we as humans, we need to keep developing ourselves. That's very important. So, Stephanie, where can people get in touch with you, learn more about you? If they want to like help in their entrepreneurship uh, yeah. adventure, I guess, where they can find you?
1: Well, I have a podcast too called the Empowered Author Podcast. I always say that's a great place to go and learn a little bit more. Uh, I go pretty deep on a lot of marketing topics for book for book authors and writers and entrepreneurs. Uh, but you can also visit empowerprgroup.com. If you go to our website, uh, I one of my favorite things to do is on uh, a couple of days a week, I set aside time to have 15-minute chit-chats with authors who are willing to go to the website and fill out what I call the Help Me Help You form. Just helps me learn a little bit more about you. But those fifteen minutes—it's not an icky marketing. I promise. I'm not try. I don't sell anything because uh, I believe if you give value, then one, then you'll get what you need. And so I love that because I like pouring into people. So when authors have questions or um, don't know where to start, I say, you know, go where you can get trusted information. Listen to the podcast. Listen to this podcast. Listen, you know, gather information from trusted sources. Talk to people and dig in. Like I, you, we don't expect everybody to know everything. So you don't have to know it. You just have to know where to find it and who to trust to help you, to help you get there.
0: Well, amazing. Thank you, Stephanie. Very passionate. Uh, Awesome. Amazing information tips that you provide us here for the Success Secret Nation and me personally also. So thank you for being here today with me on this episode of the Success Secret Podcast.
1: Awesome. Thank you for having me.